0: Well, uh, we have a uh, great speaker this month, and uh, he actually changed his work schedule so he could be here this morning, so we uh, appreciate that. And uh, Ezra has spoken before, and always gets, uh, uh, you always know, good information, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, what he has to share with us today. So, Ezra, you're on. You're, the food will probably get here as you're talking, and mm. we'll take care of it. Okay. So, Ezra. Engel. Hey everybody. Um, so before I talk, I wanna I wanna um, say a little bit of a prayer. Gideon, though, um, just to invite God to to uh, make His presence known with us. Lord, thank you so much um, that all of us can gather this morning uh, to dedicate this time to be with you, and to be with each other, and to be with food. And I just pray that um, you would help fill us up in your way, as well as um, how we eat our breakfast. Um, That we would hunger for your word, and for your wisdom, and discernment as we take steps through the rest of this weekend. Thank you so much, Lord, for for, um, guiding us to this point, and help us to listen. In Jesus' name I pray so um, it's a little it's a little different um, format how how I'm putting together my talk today I just I just had a a few verses that just kind of spoke to me and and they just kind of like a thought path that we go through so it's not um, normally I have a very organized outline of of, um, digging deep into one little thing so we kind of Take a journey with me. So, um, the first first thought I have is on inspiration. Um, How uh, how we get inspired? But I also kind of defined the term inspiration and, and was looking at it just to think like does that does that mean that that we're doing something or does it mean that we're thinking? differently or that we're it, it, there's something that happens inside of you when you feel inspired when you listen to a message or you know when you when you sit through a church service or hear you know uh, a, a worship song or something that just kind of resonates with you and, you and it gives you the sense of like I, I want to think differently I want to do things differently um, but I was reading this, this passage in, in uh, the book of Ezekiel, uh, where Ezekiel the prophet is, is sharing uh, what God's telling him to tell the Israelites that um, have an inconsistent past of actually obeying what God says. And uh, so I'm just going to read these, these three verses. Um, it's just an excerpt from it. As for you, son of man, your countrymen are taking, talking together... About you by the walls and at the doors of the houses, saying to each other, Come and hear the message that has come from the Lord. My people come to you, as they usually do, and sit before you to listen to your words, but they do not put them into practice. With their mouths they express devotion, but their hearts are greedy for unjust gain. Indeed, to them you are nothing more than one who sings love songs with a beautiful voice and plays an instrument well, for they hear your words. But did not put them into practice. So when I read that, that section, I was just thinking like, I was just thinking back to certain times that I've been, you know, in a church service or someplace where I'm learning, and I'm and I'm like, ooh, I really like what, what the pastor said. Or I really like that passage. Or even worse, I think, ooh, I know someone that should hear this. <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> and and you get that sense of, of motivation. But then, but then once I walk out of that service, my mind goes to other things. You know, I, I change gears and it's almost as though I never heard it in the first place. If I don't have a plan to, to apply it, if I don't have a plan to apply it or, or make any decision then um, it's, then it's, it feels like, like a waste. I mean, it might still sit there latently like to be brought up, you know, when you get a reminder about it. Um, but I, I, found, I found that passage a little convicting when I'm like, we're not here, you know, we're, we're not at church to be entertained, but, but a lot of um, services or, or, or ways that things are designed can start to feel more like a concert then they do like like a, a mutual sort of edification and teaching sort of, sort of form. So, so, so I kind of wonder about that, you know, like how, do, how does the church grow to be effective at changing culture more than the culture is changing the church? Um, so after reading this passage, I want to confess that I have been inspired by sermons and teachings in a church Environment felt blessed, uh, but then switched um, thought modes. A few moments later, um, I already talked about that. So I want you guys to remember this on Sunday. Um, you know, kind of have have a plan. Like, I, as you as you enter a service, um, to to expect to be changed, and um, and not quickly go to what what the next next plans are without thinking like what what is what are you saying to me God or what do you have for me that I need to listen to and sometimes I find it's best to just sort of distill it into the one the one thing you can do instead of you know having 12 things that you know sometimes can can uh, stall my my thinking and um and Exodus 20 verse 8 says remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy so when I think about that I think um Sometimes I focus so much on just not working on the Sabbath day, and so I'm like, oh, I'm going to rest. Um, but sometimes I might revert to resting and just, you know, perusing, you know, entertaining videos on Facebook or something. And so I'm thinking like, well, you know, I'll watch a video that someone puts, you know, in their feed. And I'm like, oh, I don't feel like I'm really kept today holy. <laughs> you know, just some things I'm like, oh, I just feel like dirty after, you know, kind of being in Internet culture for too long, and I think, maybe I need to make some decisions about, you know, what to do on Sundays to set apart my activities a little bit differently, so that's just another thing I was thinking about, um, and so, as, um, so, so on Sunday, think about something that you might do, or think, uh, that, that might make God smile, and, uh, and remind yourself what you learned on Sunday, and pray for God to lead you in understanding His specific will for you—not um, just for the whole church, but what is God saying to you? There's that personal word that that only we hear. Um, what does God want you to say yes to in, in your life? What does God want you to say no to? Who does God want you to share your story with? And who does God want you to be more available to? So there's a lot of things that we kind of do just because it's a sequence of, of habits. Um, and so Sunday's kind of a time that I stop and sort of reflect on, do I like where my life is going? Do I feel like, you know, God is proud of where it's going? And um, it's kind of my little weekly, at best, you know, reminder. When I'm not in that haze of... You know, forgetting what I just learned. Uh, the next uh, topic is, is about salvation. In uh, Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 13, it says, But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So when I, when I read this passage in Romans, I think about how at first it seems so simple to accept God to, to be saved. It's, it doesn't have to be a lengthy process for the actual technical, you know, <laughs> maybe if you look at it as a toggle switch, which probably isn't the best illustration, but um, it's, it's very simple. I mean, there's a thief on the cross that accepted Christ. And he didn't have to go through a lot of, you know, you know ri- rituals and liturgy for that to ha- happen. It was just believing that Jesus could save and confessing with his mouth. Um, that was all that he needed. And um, so it seems like it could be sim- very simple, but it also could be very hard because it involves believing and it involves trusting. And those aren't always the easiest things for some of us to do. You know, we might be able to like, take some information and consider it. But going from considering something to actually trusting it, to putting both, both all, of your, all of your weight in both feet standing on the other side of that line um, is a huge, a huge undertaking uh, for a lot of us. And I, and I find that as I go through life and I, I feel wronged or I feel like I've put my trust in the wrong things and, been, and felt like I was on the wrong side of something, It sort of makes me maybe a little bit more cynical, a little bit more skeptical um, before trusting something new. Um, And so we don't want to take that for granted. You know, if you were raised, you know, believing, you know, in the Bible and you talk to someone else who hasn't and they're, you know, similar age to you, it might be a lot tougher for them not having the spiritual foundation that some of us, you know, were raised with. But God is patient, and he's, he's pursuing those he's uh, chosen to redeem. I think that's all of us. Uh, once we accept this and believe it, we just have to confess this out loud so others can hear. So that's kind of that next step. It's like you believe, but it's, that's kind of like that final test. It's like, are you willing to say it to other people, or do you just keep it all inside? And I think there's, there's some power in actually verbalizing our faith even if we're a little bit more introverted than others. Uh, the next topic I wanted to, to touch on was, was uh, sin. So what? So I'm saved, but, but I, still, I still have a propensity to sin. Uh, when I say, do, or even think things that I know God is not happy about, I feel awful. I feel like a fraud or a hypocrite. I feel like God must be embarrassed for me to be associated with his name. When my mind is clear, I quickly pray for forgiveness and turn my focus back to him. In this passage in Ezekiel, again, kind of near that other passage that I read about about, um, not applying what we learn. Uh, In chapter 33, verses 10-11, it says, Son of man, say to the house of Israel... This is what you are saying. Our offenses and sins weigh us down, and we are wasting away because of them. How can we live? Oh, how then can we live? And so say to them, uh, this is God's encouragement to us and to them, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways why will you die, O house of Israel? And so the part in that passage that really jumps out to me is when God says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. You know, some people, they look at sin and judgment, you know, like, like how could a good God let people, you know, you know, go to destruction? But he doesn't take pleasure in that. You know, this is something that, um, that he's trying to save us from. That's why he sent... His son. And uh so God wants us to turn away from evil and live. So how can we do that? I mean, it's not it's sometimes easier said than done. Some things that we read in the Bible we're like, oh, okay, okay, I get it. But when we actually apply it, or try to apply it, that's when the challenge, you know, really comes. Um, you know, we are not perfect is a is a quote. That, um, that we hear a lot of people say, I'm not perfect. So if you've ever tried to take steps in your life to to set, you know, like good habits, to try to increase, you know, your, um, you're not trying to like earn God's favor by cleaning up our acts, you know, in some way. You're like, I know this is a problem for me, so I'm gonna try to make these, I'm gonna set up these new good habits. Um, have you ever been discouraged by someone else who's like, what are, you, what are you doing? Like, you know, it's all just God will give you his grace. Like, they think you're trying to earn approval, but it's like, no, this is a response to what, um, where I feel the Holy Spirit is moving me to um, sort of purify or, or, you know, grow in righteousness. And so sometimes we might be, um, you know, have someone tell us, you know, well, we're not perfect, you know, almost as a way to dismiss You know our efforts, Um, but there's a there's a. I was thinking about perfection. I was looking through the Bible, and it's like that's not a really popular topic, you know, to talk about. You know, because like God's perfect, and how can we be? We're you know we're we're relatively trash, you know. So there seems to be like this pressure for us to just be like, oh, don't don't even try. You know, like oh, we should just be good. The Holy Spirit will kind of do do his thing. But it's almost, it almost feels like a, a Pharisee-like, pious thing for anyone who actually wants to, you know, be better in some way. Um, but, so it's not something that I think we, we, we should just, you know, muster up in ourselves. So there is definitely, you know, God's power. But in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, uh, when I read this, um, this verse, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the thing that I, I grab from this verse is that Jesus is the perfecter. So what one of the things that that infers to me is that we are being perfected. We're in the process of this. Um, as... As much as Jesus is, is um, something that we're marinating in, or Jesus is having an influence on us, then we're in the process of perfection. I want to notice the, um, the first two roles that Jesus stated in this verse. Um, he's the author and he's the perfecter of our faith. So does that seem to put a lot of pressure on us as individuals? Jesus is the author, not us. Jesus is the perfector, not me. That is, that is good news. Um, let Jesus be your perfecter. Lean on Jesus' power and believe. Trust him and share your faith with everyone who will listen and some who won't. But do this in love. And the, and the last... Um, thing I wanted to talk about was restoration there's there's some brothers and sisters who used to be with us sharing the table with us and worshiping together with us and are not walking together with us for some reason or another and some of these people might come to your mind as you think now like of um fellowships that you've had in the past um Maybe they became distracted, maybe they became disillusioned or jaded by by politics or an argument or a seed of bitterness. Maybe they feel like God didn't answer a prayer. This next verse encourages me to be empowered to lovingly approach people who have left fellowship with God and His local church and welcome them back with prayer and sincere encouragement from the Lord. James chapter 5 verses 19 and 20 says my brothers if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back remember this whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins so I think this is acknowledging that there are people who walk away and sometimes you know it might even be us and so having the culture of welcoming and not saying like, "Nice to see you back." Darkening the door, you know, um, having that same same attitude of the um, the father of the prodigal son, um, as well as actually going out and looking for people, that is a ministry worth worth doing today. And so, my final uh, kind of out. The prayer that, pray that I have for all of you here listening is that when you approach those who have wandered from God, treat them as you would want to be treated. As brothers, may your faith strength, strengthen my own and also strengthen and encourage the faith of my children and may your faith inspire new faith in my friends and co-workers who will come in the future once the Holy Spirit moves them and I also invite them thanks for listening to the holy word of God uh, that I shared and also to the particular message and thoughts given to me as I prepared this message hope, I hope you thoughtfully will remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy remembering that Jesus is the only perfecter of my faith and yours he is also the author of our faith And his story is not yet complete in us. Let us pray and cooperate in the story having a great ending. Thank Thank you. you.